0: My name is Joel, and I'm one of the pastors here at Macio. Um, If you've been around, uh, you've probably heard the announcement that I started a spiritual direction and spiritual formation ministry called Soul Roots. Um, one of the things that a spiritual director does, and what I get to do, is I get to journey with people. I get to listen to their stories, hear about where they are in their relationship with God. I get to help them process and discern uh, the movements of the Holy Spirit in their life. As I sit and I listen to stories, I hear stories of hope, desires, dreams, passions, and purpose. But also, by the time people get to me, most of the times the stories are not as exciting. They, uh, a lot of times the stories are more about the struggle, the pain, the grief, suffering, longings, fears, anxieties, fatigue and burnout. Now these are all real feelings. They're all real emotions. They're all real seasons of life that actually make us human. These experiences, these times that are up high and these times that are down low, all play a part in our humanity. These are also times and experiences that can make us question God. We wrestle with God. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he indifferent? We wrestle with ourselves, wondering, who am I? Where am I going? What do I value? Times of struggle and suffering are wearing on the soul. In the midst of those struggles, it's hard to see through to the next side it's hard to hold on to faith it's hard to see the glimmer of hope sometimes we find ourselves begging and pleading to god to take it all away just i don't want to struggle with this anymore i don't want to be in this season anymore just take it away Does this resonate? Have you been there? Maybe you need spiritual direction, and so... Okay, just kidding. Maybe you do need spiritual direction, but I'm, I'm not doing that here today, okay? What I want to do today is take a closer look in Colossians and see how the Apostle Paul actually endures suffering, what his perspective, and how does he not only endures suffering, but actually welcomes it. And really, that's that's what I do in spiritual direction, is I get to remind people of this message that Paul has. I'm going to give you a heads up right now that it's not that complex of a message. His answer is very basic. It's actually really simple, but... It's so fundamental to the Christian faith that we overlook it. And sometimes we don't believe it. So we're going to pick up in Colossians 1, 24, through uh, chapter 2, 7. Before I read this passage, let me remind you what's happening. Paul is in prison for proclaiming that Jesus was crucified, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, and that Jesus is the ultimate king. He's been thrown into prison in Rome. While in prison, a co-worker of Paul named um, Epaphras comes to visit and updates him uh, about the church that Epaphras planted in Colossae. He shares the challenges of what that church is going through. So Paul, being in prison and nothing else to do, decides, I'm going to write and pen a letter to the church in Colossae. And that's why the book's called Colossians. He writes to encourage and challenge them to a greater devotion to Jesus. And so for the last four weeks, we've been talking about the beginning of this letter, how good God is, how great God is, how much He loves you and wants to be with you. And so we pick up in Colossians 1:24, and I'll read to uh, chapter two, verse seven. "Now, in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affections for the sake of His body. That is the church that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude, delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firm, firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. There's a lot there. Every week we come, there's a lot there, right? Right? But Paul, when he's writing this part of the, the letter, he starts out and he says, I rejoice in my suffering. Who rejoices in their suffering? It's, it's like, is is he sadistic? Is he just celebrating how and happy that he gets to suffer? Right? It, the wording doesn't make sense to us. Because actually the wording in the Greek who rejoice is charah, right? Chara is this. it's, It's recognizing God's grace extended to us. Recognizing God's grace extended to us. So when we talk about rejoicing, and Paul says it, he's saying this. I recognize God's grace extended to me in my suffering. I can recognize God's grace in me To me in my suffering Paul has a different perspective on suffering than most of us do most people in their suffering most people including me say why is this happening to me why am I suffering as if God answers that and I would say okay sign me up then right it's if you knew why you were suffering, would you still want to go through it? But we we seem to want to know that and we seem to ask that question. Why is this happening to me? If he told you it's so that you will become more disciplined, it's so that you can be more effective in ministry, it's so that you can become the person I want you to be, would you sign up? No. Suffering sucks. It's horrible. That's why it's called suffering. We start to ask questions like, how do I get out of this then? We are, so, we are a culture that is so uncomfortable with discomfort. We want it removed immediately. We want to be in control. Somewhere along the way, we've adopted a theology or a philosophy of comfort and control. We seem to think that if we are suffering, then something is wrong with us or something is wrong with God. But we know, if we read the Bible, we know that suffering is a part of our human experience. We're actually told that this is actually going to happen. In John 16.33, Jesus says this to his disciples, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. In this world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Suffering is a part of our human experience. It's a part of the way that God has designed this world. Actually, He didn't design the world like this, did He? Sin entered the world and it disrupted everything. But Christ came so that He could be with you in it. We'll talk about that more as we go. Suffering displaces our. Uh, displaces our comfort and our control. It makes us start to grasp and to flail, and to want to get control or get out of it. So instead of asking, why is this happening to me, or how, did I get, how do I get out of this, Paul actually has a different perspective. He has a different way of approaching suffering. He says, how is God's grace being extended to me right now in the midst of suffering? How is God's grace being extended to me in the midst of suffering? And this is what Paul recognizes. He says, through his own suffering, he gains insight into the pain that Jesus endured for the sake of the church. He says, I'm suffering. I get it now. I can see that my suffering is a pale comparison to what Jesus actually suffers in his life. He knows that Jesus understands suffering better than he does. And that when he enters into that and understands and knows that and feels the suffering, feels the pain, he actually becomes more like Jesus. He becomes more like Jesus. We learn through Paul this, in our suffering, we can know that Jesus understands us. We know that Jesus understands us. Jesus being fully human, he has experienced all of it. Rejection, betrayal, death, slander, Physical pain, grief, and loss. He's experienced all the gamuts of the negative, all the gamuts of the the positives of life. He was fully human. And the thing is, Jesus didn't have to, he didn't have to become fully human, he did not have to take on flesh. But he chose to. He left his position of authority. He left his position of deity. He left his position of godness. Entered into human form and existed here on earth. Exposing himself to the same pain, the same suffering, the same mundane life that we actually experience as humans. So Paul says, rejoice. Recognize. Jesus is God's grace. Jesus is with him in his suffering. Jesus is with Paul in his suffering. And because of that, Paul actually says, I get it. I totally get it. I know something that has been a mystery for the ages. It's been revealed to me. It's been revealed to you. In Colossians 1:26 and 27, in this passage that he writes, he says, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. Now revealed to you all. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the secret sauce. This is the secret. This is the mystery. This is what every generation before did not understand, but God chose to reveal this to Jew, to Gentile, to every ethnic group, to every social class, men, women, children, all of us. It's been revealed to you, Christ Jesus. The secret is, Christ in you, the hope of glory. For those who believe, For those who have their eyes opened, the secret is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in your heart, Christ in your soul, Christ in your mind, Christ in your body, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you is your hope of glory. You might get stuck on the word glory what comes to mind when you think of glory for me it's these spectacular light beams like when the heavens open up and it's like "Ah!" and it's like the lights shine down and it beams and the angels are singing and the golden streets are in front of me that's how i think of glory but the message of the gospel the hope of glory isn't that It's not, it's not champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Okay, I dated myself. Nobody knows that. <laughs> Two people know that. Okay. That, never mind. We'll go on. It's, it's not about having it all. It's not about riches. It's not about the absence of of suffering. Glory is this. Christ in you. His presence with you. During good times, during bad times, during indifferent times, Christ is in you. Glory is this. It's the union with God. It's union with God Remember back in the garden, before the fall, God and man and women were were in union. The picture was that they walked together, they talked together, they had relationship. Everything was right. It was glorious. It was God with them. How they were designed, how they were created. Glory is union with God. Now glory is, it is heaven, right? But heaven is only heaven because God is there. Heaven is only heaven because we are reconciled with God. If there is none of that, then it doesn't matter how gold the streets are. It doesn't matter how much the lights beam. Heaven is heaven because we are reconciled with God. Everything is right again between him and the world. That is glory. Now, it's this glory that God is with you and for you and in you that gives you the ability to rejoice. Rejoice in that pain, rejoice in that suffering, rejoice in those moments that are dry and weary because we can endure we can we can look for how god is showing up in the midst of the mess we can look for god in the midst of the mess I say all this and I still want to be sensitive because I know that some of you, I I just don't want to dismiss the feelings that you're going through. I know that some of you are going through seasons that are dark and that are heavy and that are tiring and it's real. I understand that. I'm not dismissing it by just saying, look to Jesus. Peter Cezaro, the author of um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, says it like this. He says, the fact that God exists and is with us does not lessen the awfulness of the evil in the world. The fact that God exists and is with us does not lessen the awfulness of the evil in this world. But we can put our hope in Jesus who promises to be with us even in the midst of evil happening around us. Friends, we need to cling to Jesus. And when we cling to Jesus, we're able to weather the storms. That's what actually matures us as believers. To believe and hold on to this foundation of truth is where wisdom lies. And Paul says this in verses 27 through 29, and I'm going to read the message version because it just reads so, so beautiful. So the message version says this, The mystery, in a nutshell, is just this. Christ is in you, so therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard at every day, day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. Now, Paul continues in chapter two, two through four. And I'm jumping back to the ESV version. And he's he's basically saying, I'm with you, but then I want you to this. I want your hearts to be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. This message of the gospel is that we need to proclaim to others this, and to ourselves we need to proclaim this. Jesus Christ crucified, buried, raised up on the third day, He is the Lord. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. End of story. Don't get it twisted. We don't have to add anything more. Do you believe that, church? Is the gospel enough? Is Christ in you the hope of glory? Is Christ in you the hope of glory? You may be experiencing sickness or, or death around you. Christ in you the hope of glory. You may be struggling with jobs, with finances. Christ in you the hope of glory. Some of you are lonely. Some of you have strained marriages, have family strife and broken relationships. But Christ in you, the hope of glory. For those of us who are mourning and grieving our losses, Christ in you, the hope of glory the world around us with the politics, the wars, the systems of oppression. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Is it enough, church? Is Christ enough? Is he the answer or is he not? This is what I've learned. Is that Christ is, is in me he left his position as God became flesh lived on this earth as a human experiencing everything perfectly he was crucified died buried raised up on the third day and that Jesus is Lord and Christ in me is the hope of glory so I can go forward so I can sit and I can recognize in my suffering, in my suffering, Christ is still with me. In my suffering, God chose to come and be with me. In my suffering, he will help me endure. I can proclaim that. Friends, all continues in this letter. And I'm going to read again. I'm going to jump back to the message because Eugene Peterson just has a way with words. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. He charges the church in Colossae and says this. My counsel for you is simple simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You receive Christ Jesus, the master. Now live him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well-constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you have been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subjects and start living it. Let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Church, sometimes we think we need to know it all. We think we need to have really clear and profound theology that we can sit at with somebody and we can counsel them through things. You know your way around faith. You are deeply rooted in God's love. You don't need to study that subject over and over. You need to actually live it. Let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Let your spirit spill over in rejoicing, recognizing God's grace extended to you. So here's your application this week. Go out and live it. Go out and live this. Will you cling to this simple truth in times of suffering, in times of pain, in times of trial, in times that are beautiful and joyful and are blessings? Live it out. Rejoice. Recognize God's grace extended to you. That's the first thing. Rejoice. Recognize God's grace extended to you. Second thing, speak truth to yourself. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's the truth. For those who believe, Christ is in you and he is the hope of glory. Last thing, proclaim the good news. I'm not saying you run out and you need to get into people's faces. I'm saying be present with people. Be present with people. Proclaim the good news into their lives. God loves you. He wants to be with you. And it's through Jesus that that happens. Friends, as a community with hurting people around us, we don't have to have all the answers. We have one answer. Christ Jesus, the hope of glory. Christ Jesus.